Tzaraim Tovim. I know this year is in English, but you can still say Tzaraim Tovim. We have a half a minute. And there's a great line from the late Rabbi Yosef Breuer, Zechariah Labracha, from the Breuer's community in Washington Heights. And he said it in his uh, original. Frey is auch nicht pünktlich. Early is also not on time. Now we're on time. Uh, in 32 years in the rabbinate, I've had a big schut of also serving as the Shliach Tzibur for Nila on Yom Kippur. And uh, the two most important qualities of somebody who davens Nila is, number one, he knows the clock and knows exactly when Yom Kippur ends. And the second, he also knows how to step on the gas pedal when in need. And uh, maybe the uh, organizers had this in mind and they invited me to give the, uh, the Ni'ila share of the day. Uh, a topic that uh, I actually began thinking about many years ago, but just in the past year to develop it. Um, and what you're going to hear is actually some, some new ideas. I know some of you sitting here have heard me before, uh, but these are going to be uh, some novel thoughts uh, on the Siddur using phrases from Tanakh as a trigger, as a springboard for the Nusach, for the formulation, the literary formulation of Tefillah. Um, I say it goes back uh, many years because um, it was 1988, the, uh, my first Yom Kippur Drasha in Ramot. So that's Tavshin Memtet. And I glanced at the... Um, the Tefillah, the Yonatan Tokev Kedushat Hayom, which is a poetic add-on to the Musaf of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And there we have, um, after the initial section of describing the Kedushat Hayom, Yonatan Tokev Kedushat Hayom, this is the empowerment of the sanctity of the day, the definition of the sanctity of the day. We have the continuation, Barosh Hashanah Yiketevun, of Yom Tzom Kippur Yechotemun, and the various um, items that are on the judicial agenda on Yom Kippur for each and every one of us. And then you have a section that contrasts the uh, temporary status of the physical state, specifically human beings, with the eternal state of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. So indeed, uh, we read, And it continues with, Adam Right, man is uh, rooted in the dust of the land, and he ends up there as well. Begins with Afar, ends with Afar. He will work very hard. It will be a back-breaking endeavor to um, bring his uh, parnasa, his sustenance, to his home. And then the Paitan, the poet, gives us a, a type of a comparison, uh, an analogy, mashul. But not one mashul, several analogies to the fact that human life is a temporal experience. Kecheres hanishbar, kechatsir yavesh, ketzitz novel, ketzel over, Ke'anan kala, ke'ruach noshavet, ke'avak poreach, 
Kachalom Yauf. Quite a few uh, sayings here. I will I will translate this one second. Our Rebbe, the Rav Zechariah Lebracha of Soloveitchik, spoke on one of the drashot on tshuva, describing one of the differences between the general world of tefillah throughout the year, where the majesty of man is somewhat uh, uh, portrayed, but more than portrayed, it's almost a prerequisite for standing before a kadosh baruch in tefillah. That man was created with tzelam elokim, with intelligence. He can articulate his needs properly. He can evaluate. But then there's another side to tefillah, and that's the hopelessness of man and how weak we are and sometimes um, without any recourse whatsoever to save ourselves. And the Ruff felt that slichot very much uh, characterizes that second side of man, of tefillah. On Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, the Rav felt we have both sides to the coin. And he says that although on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur prayers contain a mixture of these motives, one of the most explicit expressions of the negative view of man appears in the Ratanatokev prayer. Man is likened to a broken shard, a fading flower, a passing shade, a dissipating cloud, a blowing wind, flying dust, and a fleeting dream. And the question is, all right, I got the point. After one or two or three, and why continue? And it was back in 1988, and I decided to ask my daughter, who, um, who was just going into seventh grade at the time, but had with some knowledge of Tanakh, that I was confident that I might um, get some interesting answer from her. Why does the Paitan use seven or eight expressions which seems to all say the same thing? The man is of a temporary existence. So she just recommended then, go to each of the psukim and see them in context of the various svarim of Tanakh. And when you understand the message of that chapter in Tanakh, you must probably figure out what the Paitan, whether it's Rabbi Amnon, whoever it may be, certainly in Ashkenazi, Middle Ages, composing the Tanatokev, what he had in mind by bringing all of the above, all of these, and that they stand in contrast to Viatahu Melech El forever. And then we go on and explain that. There's no end to his to the years and so on. It's endless. Endless, endless, endless. But human being, human existence, limited. So my early thinking was that the Paitan was trying to describe that people leave, exit this world differently. We don't have the same exit game. And there are some people who <coughs> tragically leave as Cheres Hanishbar, which means that just a moment ago it was a beautiful vessel, it was in full working order, it was healthy, it was happy, it was content. It was full of blessing. Couldn't ask for more. Just that somebody else jumped a red light and smacked into the car and killed him. Or he happened to have been somewhere, whether in Eretz Yisrael or throughout the world, 
and there was an explosion, a terrorist attack, or some type of instantaneous catastrophe. He happened to have been in Hiroshima in 1945 of August. An instantaneous death. Kecheres Hanishbar. Just uh, unforeseen as unforeseen can be. That's one tragic way of leaving. And then there's another way. Ketzel over. Like the shadow that afternoon you go to the Kotel, you see the shadow, see the shadow, but by minute by minute you don't see any discernible difference. But if you stick around for an hour, you're there for two hours or three hours, and then you can see it. Right? That was the Beferisha Yogi Berra when he played the outfield once and he said, Gates laid out here early. <laughs> Some people understand that. Okay. <laughs> but that's Kitzel Over. It's gradual. You don't see it. You don't feel it. Certainly not day by day. But there are others. There are others. So let's just examine... In source number four, we're going to get back to the first few sources in a second. Source number four, I've begun isolating the various phrases that the Paitan, the poet, uses that clearly were um, suggested by certain psukim. Now, some of them, the, the phrase itself is in the pasuk, and sometimes not. So if you just take a look at source number five, which is from Yeshayahu Perak Mem, which is the um, Haftorah Nachmu, but actually this is Pasuk Vav, so it's, it's the Haftorah of Parshat uh, Ekev, and it says, Kol Omer Kra, a voice goes out, Amar Ma Ekra, Kol Abasar Chatzir, V'chol Chazdo, Kitzitz Hazadeh. The human, the flesh, the human situation, the material, it's like, a vegetation, grass that grows, but there's grass that doesn't have a, a long shelf life in the ground. Chazdo, and everything that he does good in this world, it's just going to vanish very quickly like the straw, the hay, the grass on the ground. It withers up, it dries up. The nation dries up as well. Yavesh Chatzir Navel Tzitz Udvar Alukenu Yakum Leolam. In contrast to the mortality of man and the mortality of a particular generation, Kadosh Baruch Hu is forever. Forever. What Yeshayahu goes on to say ultimately is that the people as a nation has existence that goes way beyond the parting of the individual. But the individual, in contrast to the word of God, is like the this grass that's just going to dry out very, very quickly. And indeed, one of the phrases used in the mashul is chatzir yavesh uketzitz novel straight out of this pasuk. And then in source number six from Tehilim, Perakuf Mem Dalet, Adam lahevel dama, yamav ketzel over. Here, clearly, human life is like a passing shadow. And in source number seven, kala anan, the cloud dissipates. 
Clouds don't dissipate in a second, in a split second. It takes some time. Kanan Allah vayelech kein. Yoreid she'ol lo yaleh. He's brought down to the grave. He does not rise again. It's clearly an eov. It's being used in the context to describe the death of the human being. But even in, um, and I'll just jump to, not we'll say number eight. There's the plague of Shechin, where I, I, I'm not such an expert in Tanakh to say I know every phrase, but you know, the Proyekt Ashut helped me along here. So where does it say, which is one of the phrases used by the Paitan? The, 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 um, the dust is blown away, blown away. It doesn't say anywhere in the Chumash, in the Navi, in the Tilim, in the Ktuvim, the phrase, Avak Poreach. But it does show up in the context of the Makam of Shrin. Vaya le'avak al-koleris v'tzrayim, vaya al-adam ve'al-abeymah le'shrin Poreach. Which I believe the Paitan is using this to suggest people die from epidemics. That's another way why people die. Sometimes they were healthy, but now something hit. And it's not just an individual, but perhaps a community, perhaps a city, perhaps a continent. It's something that's contagious. La'avak pureach, it spreads, unfortunately. And then I just go back to source number four, because here too, the context is not the same phrase that's used, kli cheres hanishbar, but the only place in all of Tanakh that you have a shattered earthenware is in the context of tumat kli or hechsher kli, to, to use, to make something kosher, to kasher a, a vessel. And it says that if the vessel that was non-kosher, whatever the reason, I'm not going to get into all the details of what being non-kosher, if it's an earthen vessel, so you, you can't just put it in boiling water, and you can't just run it by fire, uh, Hagala and Libun, but it has to be shattered. Ukli cheres asher tishavashel bo yishaver. The Gemara uses the expression shviratam zuhi mitatan. The breaking of it is its death, which means that uh, there is such a thing called the identity of the kli is lost because it's shattered, and to that extent, the paitan refers to the instantaneous death of a person who was a well person just a moment ago, Klinishbar. It could also refer to a human being who we refer to in modern Hebrew as a Shever Kli. A Shever Kli usually refers to a person who has gone through some period, has has an issue of dementia, and the Gemara talks about this, that if one dealing with a Talmud Chacham, who lost his learning, which he forgot his learning, we have to respect him as if he's in his prime, which is the reason that the shattered luchot, after Moshe Rabbeinu shatters the luchot, he actually collects them, and it's put in the Aaron, in the Ark, with the second set of the Aseret Debro to teach us luchot v'shivrei luchot munachot ba'aron, that you are ob- obligated to respect the shever kli as well. So that might be another understanding of a person who slipped into this state, which um, for, for many purposes, many purposes, the person 
is no longer here. And I have heard often enough from people whose own parents have been in that situation where they'll make a comment, you know, my father died 10 years ago or my mother died 10 years ago. Meanwhile, they were sitting shiva that week for the father or the mother and they were making that comment and we understand exactly exactly what this means. And then um, source number nine is Chalom Ya'uf Veloyim Tsa'uhu the Yudad Kichezion Laila. So just to understand this line in the uh, parakaf of Sefer Iyov. So the question is Chalom Ya'uf, who is it referring to? So in this particular section where Tsofar Hana Amati is responding, he talks about the um, the Ya'uf, who is going to fly away? The, the object, or the, I'm sorry, the subject of the discussion here is the Rasha, an evil person. And he's saying is that the evil person will just fly away, won't be around any longer. Lo yim nobody's going to find him. Like a dream, but the message is not the dream. It's the Rasha. Uh, the, um, the one who, the editor of this Dat uh, Mikra, Amos Chacham, he makes a comment and he says, Ya'uf, Musav ala Rasha, goes on the Rasha, Velo ala Chalom, not on the dream. And then he says, but in the Piyut, Unatana Tokef, it goes on the dream. Chachalom Ya'uf. I mean, Amos Chacham is extremely important Chacham and a lot more knowledgeable in the language of Tanakh than I am. But I humbly suggest that Kachalom Ya'uf is the exact same Kachalom Ya'uf as in the Pasuk. That is to say, there are people who HaKadosh Baruch Hu expels from the world. Kachalom Ya'uf because of being a Rasha. That's another reason, another way why a person may leave this world. So you have the various psukim spread out in Chumash and Nevi'im and Tuvim, which suggests the temporal status, the mortality of man, and it's all done and get posited against Vatu Alukeinu, Melechai V'kayam, Enkitzva and so on. And indeed, this really is a factor to understand um, the, the basic idea of a poet. So, just this year, as I was thinking about this topic, I said, well, you can't get better than L'chadodi. And L'chadodi, we don't have to print out, because we know the L'chadodi pretty much by heart. And in sources 1, 2, and 3, these are stanzas of the L'chadodi that we're very familiar with. Hitna'ari me'afakumi shvi Yerushalayim. So it's not, the phrase hitna'ari me'afakumi is there. And in source number 2, hitna'ari hitna'ari kumi Yerushalayim. Wake up, Yerushalayim. And in source number four, which is, source number three, I'm sorry, Harchivi Mikom O'Alech, all of these are from Haftarot, from between Tisha B'Av and Rosh Hashanah, part of the Sidra, the, the series of the seven Haftarot of Consolation, Sheva Nechemta. And what we have here, in Yeshayahu Nundalit, in source number three, Harchivi Mikom O'Alech, Viriyot Mishkanatayach, Yatu Al-Tachsochi, that Yerushalayim is going to expand and expand and expand, and in Pasugimel of source number three, Kiyaminu Smoltifrotzi, right and left, it's going to break out. And and the Navi says in Pasuk Dalid, Altiri, don't don't be afraid. Kilotivoshi Volotikomi. 
Don't you won't be embarrassed. Anything about your embarrassment of the galut is going to be forgotten, forgotten forever. And the author of the Lechadodi, Rabbi Shlomo Levi Al Kavatz of Tzvat in the 16th century, borrows all these phrases. And after I printed up this page, I said, one second, there's another one. That's not a pasuk, that's a medrash, which actually in its pr- proper form is Zachor v'shamor b'dibur echad. And that's an interesting halacha, there's a gemara on this, why the Zachor of Parshat Yitro and Shamor and Parshat Betchanan was said b'dibur echad. And Zachor is in Shmot, Shamor is in Betchanan, Sevedvarim. So the order in the Medrash Mechilta is Zachor v'shamor b'dibur echad. So we know that uh, the author needed the shin for the acrostic, so he switches it around, Shamor v'zachor b'dibur echad, he's the shin. But there's another reason, the Kabbalistic reason, because the Zohar says, and the Ramban brings this in Parashat Yitro, that the nighttime of Shabbat is the concept of Shamor and the daytime concept of Zachor. The Rav spoke about this on a Yorzach here in Tavshin Lameter. It's in print in the Shurim Zecha Abamori. But that's not the point. Shamor v'Zachor b'Dibu Echad Hishmianu El Hamyuchad Adunai Echad Ushmo Echad L'Shem Ultuferet V'Litila Hashem Echad Ushmo Echad Zachar Yehudalit V'Ya Hashem L'Melech Hakol Ha'Aretz Pa'Oyom Hu Yiyeh Hashem Echad Ushmo Echad, which means that what the Shlomo Alevi Al Kevatz doing by sifting out psukim that all have to do with the end of days. He's drawing in an, a parallel by saying that every seventh day, every Shabbat, essentially is the spirit of Yemot HaMashiach. That's what he's saying. He says, you don't have to wait for Acharit Yamim. Every single Shabbat, there's something about Yemot HaMashiach. And we sing this in the Zmirot. When we sing, Be'en Olam Abba, Yom Shabbat Menucha, it's part of the idea of what Shabbat is all about, that there is some spirit of Acharit HaYamim, end of days, every single Shabbat. I'd like to jump down to source number 10. In, in source number 10, We have um, the pasuk from Yirmiyahu. Rifaini Hashem ve'erafei, hoshe'eni vi'ivashaya, ki tehilati ata. Well, this sounds very familiar because it's the nusach of the bracha of rifu'ah, of health in our daily Shmonesrei. Except that Yirmiyahu was a Galtziana. Rifaini. Right. Now, the Gemara in Masechet Brachot, source number 11, tells us why we have changed the uh, tense, the, 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 um, the, this, the grammatic structure from single tense to plural. And that's because we always take in mind Jews who are not davening. We have a responsibility of arivut, we are responsible for each other. I remember when uh, Eze Weitzman of Jean was elected president of Israel. So he made this dramatic uh, statement at his first press conference as president that he will not be Mechalel Shabbat Befahesya, which, by the way, has status in Halakha. It was an important statement, being that he's president of all the whole country. Befahesya in public, he will not be Mechal Shabbos. So a reporter asked him, Eze, that's how they called him, Eze, you're going to daven also? So he said, he pointed to his personal secretary, Ari Schumer, 
who's a religious fellow, Arya Shumer, a religious fellow, he says, Arya Davin's for me. <laughs> and you know what? This is what Chazal called Niba Veloya Dama Niba. He said something, he didn't even realize how true it was. Because that's exactly what the Gemara says. The context happens to be Tfilat Aderech, the Masechet Brachot in source number 11, the Gemara talking about um, saying Tfilat Aderech in the singular. But if you look at the last line, it says, Amr Abaya, you should always join your private tefillah with the general national tefillah. And of course, today when you say tefillah tederach on the road, you don't only have in mind your own driving, but the guy who's coming from the other side, right? There, I'm probably there. You have to have more kavana. So that's why we say Yerusalem and Hashem lokenu shetolichenu leshalom. And uh, the whole Nusach, as you can see it, But we have made this all, converted it all, to Lashon Rabim. And so, in the Brachav Shmon Esrei, which is Yirmiyahu, is now Rifa'enu Hashem Venerafe, and so on. What's interesting is that we certainly believe that this uh, tefillah is a, a tefillah for um, Rifuah, for good health. But did Yermio have that in mind when he said this in the Perak Yud Zion? Or for that matter, we know that other Nevi'im use this. For example, Yeshayahu in Perak Vav, it says, Hashmein lev ha'amazeh v'oznav hachbeid ve'inav hasha, pen yireh be'inav u'oznav yishma, u'levavo yavin, v'ashav v'arafalo. He will return to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and be healed. And be healed. So, what exactly is that, uh, and be healed? Or, or Moshe Rabbeinu, in the Torah itself, in after the post Kriyat uh, Yamsuf experience, Vayomer, Im Shemoa Tishma Likol Hashem Lokecha, you listen to God, Vayashar Beinav Taseh, Hazanta Lemitzvotav, Shemata Kol Chukav, and you can observe and listen and, and command to the commands, Kola Machalash, Asamti Bimitzrayim, Lo Asim Alecha, Ki Ani Hashem Rofecha, Kedosh Baruch says, I'm the Grand Doctor, and therefore I'm promising you, that there will be no machalot if you just follow those machalot that the Mitzrayim, the Egyptians received. And that's what prompted the Tanaim on, we have on Seder night from the Mishnah to get into the multiplication table. And it's not 10 makot, it's 50 makot. It's not 50 makot, it's 200 makot. It's not 200 makot, it's 250 makot. And keep it rolling. Because the more that they have, the less that we will have. Kol But what does it mean, Kiyane Shem so here, the Ramban in Parshat Bechukotai takes a stand and says that fundamentally, illness being a direct result of hate, of sin, a person has to deal with it between himself and a Kadosh Baruch Hu. And if you really believe it, and if you really want to know which hate, check it out with a Navi, if there's a prophet in your neighborhood, ask him for guidance, and you'll get an exact description of what you have to do tshuva for, and there will be no recourse for medical attention. And the Ramban uses the Pasuk in Bishalach as a proof text. Now the Ramban was also a doctor, by the way. And the Ramban says, Aleph, we don't have prophets today. That, he says, but if a, a Jew approaches a doctor and says, can you heal me? So the doctor is obliged to heal him. The Torah gives a green light, a license. But in theory, the Ramban says that if a person is on the highest pedestal of spirituality, there would be no need for medical attention. All you have to do is deal with it from a spiritual point of view. And that's what Yirmiyahu and Yeshayahu were talking about. 
Perhaps that's why in a Meshaberach for a Chola, and it's also in the small print in many Sidurim in Rifa'enu, to add a name or two of people who you know who are ill, seriously ill. I'm not talking about that, a cold. You know, if everyone has a cold in the winter, chaval on the, on the Mishaberachs, don't, don't waste it on a cold, okay? Just a cold, you know, a little chicken soup and it'll be beseda. And a tea, right? Tea and tillum keneshan, that's all. But uh, a serious illness, and you want to name a person, Who's talking about Rufuat HaNefesh? What is Rufuat HaNefesh? It's spiritual health. And we always ask, HaKadosh Baruch Hu should assist in the realm of spiritual health, and then it will impact on the physical health. So we say it in that Yiratzon in Rafainu. We say it in the Mishabara Fachola, and it's based on a Pasuk in Tilam, Perak Kuv Gimel, Hasoleach Lechol Avonaichi, it's not on the page, Hasoleach Lechol Avonaichi, Harofei Lechol Tachlu Aichi, God who forgives for all your sins and heals for all your ailments. This is one Pasuk, and the Gemara Mesechet Megillah, Dapyud Zayan says, that's why Slach Lanu is before Rifa'enu. I'm sure you're going to remember quickly by Yidav Mincha already that there's something that interrupts. Re'ena v'nyenu. Shlachlanu is the sixth bracha and Rifa'enu is the eighth bracha. The Gemara asked that question. The Gemara gives an answer why it was thrown in. Ga'al Yisrael was thrown in there as an interpolated bracha. But it's really Shlachlanu and Rifa'enu as being the two brachot next to each other based on this pasuk. This pasuk triggered basically the idea that the true refuah eh, stems from kapara, slicha and kapara. True enough, the Rambam did not agree with the approach of Rambam. Rambam's a little later than the Rambam, but the Rambam not only was a doctor, but he believed that Kadosh Baruch Hu was interested that we should seek out medical attention, what's called lichatchila. The Rambam, the Rambam was aware of some of those viewpoints that claim that um, the only medicine is spiritual medicine and chaval to go to a doctor, Rambam was clearly against that. But the Ramban, on his axis, was thinking somewhat differently. And you do have this in the tefillah of um, the connection of Slachlanu, and then followed two brachot later with Rifu'ah. And then you have another bracha. If you look on the source sheet, um, source number 12. Now this takes us to the Haftarah of, Nach, of, of uh, Shabbat Chazon, that we have this coming Shabbat. So there are different minhagim, how to lane the Shabbat Chazon. There are some kihilot, and this is what I found more in Chutzlaris than here in Eretz Yisrael, that we read the whole Chazon Yeshayahu in the Nigun of Eicha, until you get to the last two psukim, and then you go, you go back to the, what's called the normal Nigun of laning, of trop, of the Haftarah. But here in Eretz Yisrael, I actually learned that there are different minagim, and that's to jump back and forth, like a little bit of a ping-pong match, based on the, the token, the content of the psukim. So those psukim that echo some type of uh, consolation, it's read in the regular way. And those that uh, talk about uh, more the punitive action and the uh, accusations against Am Yisrael, they are read in the Nigun of Eicha. But be as it may, we get to the very end, we switch back. Now that pasuk is the basis of 
the bracha hashiva shoftenu kvarishona v'yotzenu kvachila. No question. I mean, you don't have to. That's that. You don't need a Vilna going for this one. The um, the question is, what else is triggered by that pasuk that impacts on the Shmon Esrei? So according to the Rambam, it has to do with the order, the order of progression of events of how the end of days will play itself out. Now the Rambam is very cautious. In his 12th chapter of Hilchot Malachim, which is his, his swan song to the Mishnah Torah, it's the very end, last chapter, he says, Lo yada adam No one really knows what's going to happen until it happens, and therefore the Rambam says, don't, bet, don't put all your eggs in one basket and don't bet on any particular way. It can happen in different ways because the Nevi'im projected different possibilities and all of the above are true and we're just going to have to sit and wait patiently and see how it plays itself out. But the Ramam does take a stand nevertheless uh, based on what Chazal say, the order of the Shmon Esrei. The order of Shmon Esrei is not something haphazard. I remember the Rav pointing out that the word Seder is a very definite word in Halakha. You know, if you were born Yekah, so ordnung Seder is your whole life. But... Um, but in halacha, seder is limited, not limited. I mean, the seder should be seder in your life. There's no question about it. Don't get me wrong here. But um, the halacha demands seder. Number one, seder night. It's not the buba who called it a seder, but the halacha calls it a seder. It has to be according to the seder, the order. And um, that's why they compose various poems to remember the seder. Kaddish Urchatz, which is one of a dozen different poems for the order of the seder, as Rav Kasha points out, is in halacha gadash lima. The um, order of the Avodah of the Kohen Gadol and Yom Kippur had to be done according to the Seder, according to a specific order. And Shmon Esrei. It had to be, in, which means that if you daven all the Brachot of Shmon Esrei out of order, you have to daven again. You have to daven again. Because the order also spells out a message. It's not just the content of the individual Bracha. And in this case, the Gemara says, that after we finish the private issues of tshuva and kapara on a, on, a, on a private level, then you move on to the national issues, which is kibbutz goliot in gathering of the exiles, hashivein Toratecha, which is the restoration of the smicha and the sanhedrin, and bringing it up to binyan yerushalayim, and then etzemach david, the appearance of Mashiach. So from here, the Rambam proves that the sanhedrin the reconstitution of the Beit Gadol is necessarily pre- is a necessary prerequisite for the rebuilding of Yerushalayim and the coming of Mashiach, not the other way around. And that Kibbutz Goliot, the ingathering of the exiles, also doesn't wait for Mashiach, as I was told in Borough Park for so many years. <laughs> but just the other way around. My father, Al-Bashalm, used to tell us, Mashiach's waiting for us. It's as simple as that. So the Rambam, take a look at the second page on top. From the, it's from the Parish uh, Mishnah of Masechet Sanhedrin. I want to read the whole point, where it's underlined, and he says, "Vani Savur," and I believe, "Shasanhedrin tashuv lifnei hagitgalut hamashiach." The Sanhedrin will reappear before the revelation of Mashiach. This is going to be one of its signs. As it says, Amar ve'ashiva shavtayek ve'oshana ve'asalak akila ve'acherechen, and only afterwards yikarei lach iratzedek. And the truth is, from the context of Yeshayahu Perak Aleph, the word shoftim 
is not exclusively judicial because the Sanhedrin was not there for judicial action. There, they had a different t- job altogether. They were responsible for the, the, the authority of the Torah Shabbat, the oral law. They were responsible for um, all kinds of additions or, or you know, takanot and zerot that they instituted. The, the Sanhedrin had overall authority of, of teaching, of teaching Klal Yisrael. So if we read Yeshayahu Perak Aleph and we see Sarayach Sararim, Rotfei Shalmonim and, 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 and all the, the corruption that's going on there, the purpose of having judges isn't to put these guys on trial and they should get a court sentence or pay back people. It's the guarantee that society never gets to that point. Never gets to that point. That we have a problem with people who are un- underprivileged People who are not given a fair chance in society because of their particular situation. That's what the, the purpose of the Sanhedrin was. And that's to that end, that's what we daven for. Hashiva Shavtenu Kvarushona. It's not that there should be a, a proper judiciary. A judiciary for, for purposes of theft we have today. Whether you like it or not is totally irrelevant. But it's malchut on some level, so it's there. We're not davening for that. We're davening for the reconstitution of the Sanhedrin, so they should be the overall impression for Klai Yisrael. Leadership. Shoftim and Parshat Shoftim and Sefer Shoftim means leadership, Torah guidance, and so on. And that you only snuff out from Yeshayahu Perak Aleph. And when you see it in context, then you understand what exactly we're davening for every single day. Um, continuing on this page, on the second page, in Yeshayahu Perak Mem, and this is from uh, also from the Haftarah of Parshat Ekev, Noten la Yaev Koach ulein onim at otzma yarbe. Kadosh gives the the exhausted strength, and to those who are powerless, he gives them much power. Okay, what does that remind you of? Which bracha? Noten la Yaev Koach. So when do we say it in the morning. So, we have a whole series of Birkot HaShachar. Now, to be honest, the Gemara in the end of Masechet Brachot tells us that all of these Brachot are supposed to be recited at the moment you do the action. So, you get dressed, you say, Malbish Arumim, you take your first step, Mechim Etzadeh Gaver, and so on. You open your eyes, you say this, Pochei Chavrim. They are Brachot that were designed that we give expression not only that, Baruch Hashem, we woke up in the morning, but we get down to details. Every detail of Ashkamat Bokev, getting up in the morning, deserves another thank you. Remember the Rabbi once said, you know, in income tax in America, we used to have the long form and the short form. So in the long form, you have to itemize. And in Halil, you have to itemize. And you spell it out. The Rabbi explained once in Hanukkah, you want to say, Yivanim Nikbitsu Alai. Fine. Start with Chel Paro V'chol Zaro. Bring it all the way back to there. And bring it to the to hanging Haman. What are you hanging Haman for on, on Hanukkah? But we're saying Halil, historic Halil. Because that's the nature of Halil. You get into all various details. And that's what Birkot HaShachar is. So the Ramah, Ramah Shesulis and Shulchan Aruch Arei, tells us that our minig is to say all these brachot and shul, one after the other. So that's the way we do things and so on. But take a look what it says in Shulchan Aruch in Source 15. Yesh no agim levarech, there are some who have the custom to make the bracha noten le'yav koach. Ve'ein devreim nir'im. Rabbi Yosef Karo says, not a good idea to even say this bracha. Why not? What's wrong with the bracha? Noten le'yav koach. The reason is because it's not found in the Gemara. 
And there's a principle that a bracha that did not come out of the, the sages, the chazal, up until the end of the days of the Gemara, we have no power to, to compose new brachot. But, as the Mishnah points out and other achronim, there were those who suggested, to get around this, what the Rabbi Yosef Karo says, is to say the bracha every morning without Shem Umalchut. Not to say, Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Malach Olam, Hanotein Layav Koach, but to say, Baruch Hanotein Layav Koach. Then you type of compromise. You've basically taken the, the air out of the balloon, because the bracha doesn't have Shem Umalchut, it's not a bracha at all. But you know that there are some brachot that we actually do this, like Baruch Shepatrani, Meonchol Shazam, Bar Mitzvah. And there are plenty of women who are educated to say Baruch Sha'asani Kirtzano and not to say Baruch Atashem Lokeinu Melcholam Sha'asani Kirtzano. It's another example, bracha that's never mentioned in Chazal and creeps up in the days of the Rishonim in the Middle Ages. And it was a big, big machloket whether it's a bona fide bracha or not. And and this is this is a, a, a principle in saying brachot. Yet in the the last line of Fort 15, Hagad, that's the Ramo Ramosh Eselis. To say the bracha. Indeed, we say it every morning. And there's a principle, nobody should get worried here. There's a principle in Alakha, if there's a minag, that a Kadosh Baruch is not going to hold us accountable for saying a blessing in vain. So it's okay, you know, the fact that everybody's doing it, so Kadosh Baruch is not going to come to any particular neshama and say, how come you said this bracha in the morning? We're okay. We're going to hide behind the minag, and it's just going to be okay. But the Rav Zechon of the Bracha once told me, so why did they compose it? They didn't say in a shir, it was a private conversation. Why did they compose Hanatan Lev Koch in the Middle Ages? So it's because Am Yisrael was exhausted. Am Yisrael was exhausted after the first crusade. And we needed a Bracha to HaKadosh Baruch to energize us. We were so decimated after the first crusade. Now many of the Achronim will explain that Noten Lev Koch has to do with getting up in the morning. You know, you go to bed, you're exhausted, and when you're sleeping, it's Echad Mishishim Shalmisa, that's 160th of death. And then all of a sudden, it's Triat Amitim, you woke up, so, Hanotain, Layaev, Koach. You know, last night you were tired, now you're awake. Some people wake up tired also, but all right. So then don't make the bracha, that's all, because it'll be a Tfilat Shav. But um, that's most of the Achorinim explain. The Rav had a different take on this. He said that, no, this is a national bracha, that Am Yisrael. Asked to be invigorated with strength to continue. And the truth of the matter is, that's what's borne out in Yeshayahu, Parak Mem. He's not talking about going to sleep at night and being tired. He's talking about um, being nationally exhausted. And a Kadosh Baruch who promises that indeed um, we will. I even have some psukim here. One second. No, I don't have it. But um, all the psukim there repeat themselves over and over again that it has to do with national revival. And to that end, we say, Hanotein Layaev Koach. And now a bracha that's very popular, and that's Hamotzi Lechem Minaretz. Don't we like that bracha? So where does that come from? Hamotzi Lechem Minaretz. So it obviously comes from Borginavshi. Tilim Kuf Dalid. Comes from Borchi Nafshi. So, uh, what, it, what does it say there? It says, Matzmiach Chatzir Labhema, Ve Esev Lavudata Adam, Lotzi Lechem Min Haaretz. 
This is a wonderful statement of ecology. David Amelach goes through so many facets of nature. The sheer Shahalavim Hayu Omlimbe Beit Hamikdash, the song, the daily song of um, of a weekday, was suspended on Rosh Chodesh, and Bochi Nafshi was sung in Beit Hamikdash. The Minigim Yushalayim is not to say the regular shear and then Bochi Nafshi, but Bochi Nafshi simply replaces the shear Shalom in the morning on Rosh Chodesh. So Rosh Chodesh is an expression of nature, and it goes through all facets of nature. If somebody grew up in an urban setting, and the closest he ever came to agriculture was a flower pot, um, he's not going to understand one word of, uh, of Bochi Nafshi. And that's why, as the Tzirim, the Tzirim of Mechlel Herzog, try to teach all of us, all of us, you know, to walk around Eretz Yisrael with a uh, Tanakh in the hand, because, as it's been pointed out often enough, the ecological systems that are being talked about in Bochi Nafshi is Eretz Yisrael. That's, what, that's the setting for this Eretz Yisrael. Now, most people read Bochi Nafshi, and, and you can completely miss the point that this is a song about the ecology in Eretz Yisrael, because there's not one direct reference that it's Eretz Yisrael. It seems to be global. These are wonderful things about ecology that are true throughout the world. And one of them is, lechem in aretz, that uh, the, 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 the grass grows, um, and it's there for, um, pasturing, for the, for the, for the uh, animal to pasture, and the grass... Ultimately, for Avodat Adam, because he needs the animal to help him plant, plow the field, and so on. So the bracha is hamotzi lechem Well, as I've heard from Rav Yol Benun more than once, in Tanakh, the word ha'aretz means Eretz Yisrael, unless otherwise indicated. Sometimes it's not ha'aretz. It's not always. But more often than not, that's what it is. And we talk about bread... We go back to Dvarim Parshat Ekev, and it says, "Venatati Esev b'sadcha l'vemtecha ve'achalta v'savata." Source number seventeen, right? So we know that uh, we are told that we should work the land, and we will eat. Venatati Esev b'sadcha l'vemtecha ve'achalta v'savata, and this uh, this teaches us halacha too that if you happen to have animals to feed, you have to give them first, and then you sit down to eat, not the other way around. That's why when I was in the yeshiva Hashmanoim, I always ate after the kids. <laughs> they told me, oh, the um, no, they're wonderful kids. The um, in in source number eighteen from Parshat Ekev, Moshe Rabbeinu is apologizing to Am Yisrael, Mamash apologizing. Why you were starved in the Midbar for 40 years. Now, when you read the Chumash, Parshat Bishalach, when Mun starts falling, and even later on in Bamidbar, where they're complaining a little bit about the Mun, they're talking about that uh, they're, 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 they're through with the way it tastes. You know, remember the good old days in Egypt? We had great things, pizza and falafel there. Every day, the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. You know, there was, there was, they were through with it. Apparently, they didn't know the Medrash, that whatever you thought, that's what it tasted. Because they never went to Yeshiva, you know, the, to learn that Medrash. 
And I think that even if they thought, you know, steak and chips, it wasn't steak and chips. It wasn't. That, that a little thought, some sensation on some level, but it wasn't it. They were really, but the, but the real, the real problem here, and I can tell you that many, many interpret the phrase vayaancha, vayarivecha, and it, I, we tortured you, and vayaancha, inui, and we starved you. Many, many parshanim explain this allegorically in all different ways. The chiskuni, one of the parshanim, says it straight. We were starved. Why were we starved? Because we know that the human beings need a certain amount of calories a day just to make it. Not make it. It's about 1,200 calories a day. The fact that we eat 3,000 calories a day is when we look at, you know. But um, then we're on all kinds of programs to, to bring down the weight. Just a comparison, in Auschwitz, where those 20% who survived the initial selection process and their life expectancy there would be three months, how much calories were they given to eat? About 450 calories a day, which means it was starvation diet, rations. We know that. And that's why most of them died. Those that died just collapsed from uh, hunger. And here, Am Yisrael receives how much man? Omer. Omer is like saying a kilo. Like saying a pound. It's a measure. Omer. That's what they received. And it's not an accident that the second day of Pesach, the korban that was brought from barley, which is animal feed, which means if you can't, they don't have good bread and good angel's bakery, you're willing to eat animal feed if you have nothing else. And how much of it? The bare minimum to sustain a human being for one day. That's what the Korbana Omer was on the second day of Pesach. As opposed to the two breads, the Shteh Lechem and Shavuot, that was made from chita, from wheat, and had to be baked as bread chomets, a rarity in the Beit HaMikdash. Because all the Korbanot Mincha were kosher Pesach throughout the year. But this is a rarity. It had to be chomets te'afena. Why? Because we thank HaKadosh Baruch at the first station after Pesach, the first day of Pesach, for the basics, and a Shavuot for the luxury, for the extras. Those are two different korbanot. So the basics is an Omer. So that's what they were given. Every single person had the exact amount of nutrition necessary to carry the day. One, get through one day. And they never, ever had the sensation of being filled up. They never. They didn't know what the word Savea means. Satiated. You never know. They never knew what it meant. And here, Moshe Rabbeinu goes on to explain something to them. In source number 18. We had to fed you the man which you never knew what this was. Your forefathers never knew what this was. To teach you a very interesting lesson. Man does not live on bread alone, but lives on what HaKadosh Baruch tells you. Comes out of God's mouth as if to say, Yichyadam. But I have good news for you. You're going into this good land, which has uh, many, many rivers, and Mayanot, and Tomot, and it's going to be full of water. Seven species. You're not going to have to really work terribly hard to earn your bread. It's missing nothing. You don't have to bring in Skippy peanut butter. You don't have to bring in tuna fish from Skatarkist anymore. Everything it has. 
Eretz Asher Avaneha Barzel Mahareya Taktsov Nechoshet, you'll be able to bring, there, there's, there's raw material here. And here's the great news. Ve'achalta, you will eat. Ve'savata, new word in the lexicon. Ve'savata, you're going to be stuffed. But don't forget, Uverachta at Hashem Alokecha, Al Ha'aretz Hatova Asher Natan Lach. What is Birkat Amazon? It's not for the food. It's Birkat Aretz. It's Birkat Aretz. That's true that the first bracha of Birkat Amazon is Hazanat Olam Kulo Butuvo. No doubt it's Hakarata Tov that we had what to eat. But then comes Nodelicha. The Nodelicha is Ala Aretz Ve'ala Amazon. It's Ve'achalta Ve'savato Ve'rachta Et Hashem Olokecha Al Ha'aretz. And that's what Chazal did with the bracha Hamotzi Lechem Min Ha'aretz. Why? Because not only is the ecology of Tilim Kuf Dalet, Bochi Nafshi, in reference to Eretz Yisrael, but it actually says, Yisbe'u Atzei Hashem Arzei Halvanon Asher Nata. What are Atzei Hashem? Rashi says, Atzei Gan Eden. Atzei Gan Eden. And if you've ever heard Rav Yol Benun or Rav Yaakov Medan on the subject of Gan Eden, that's Eretz Yisrael. The four rivers that border Gan Eden and Breshit are the four borders of Eretz Yisrael, of Nachal Mitzrayim to Nahar Parat. If the Parat is named specifically, the Chidekel there is mentioned specifically, these are the borders of Eretz Yisrael. So we live here in Eretz Yisrael, it happens to be Gan Eden. You know what the problem is? You think it's Gehenna because you read the newspapers. <laughs> so if you stop reading the newspapers, you'll discover that this is Gan Eden. But Bochi Nafshi is describing the Aretz of Eretz Yisrael, of Gan Eden. And that's what Bracha, Motzi Lechem Min Haaretz, Lotzi Lechem Min Haaretz. It's the Aretz of Eretz Yisrael. So it's true, you make the Bracha, Chutz Laaretz also. But the Bracha is not for the local vegetation and growth. It's for Eretz Yisrael. And then, and this is going to probably be the last uh, subject that we can do today, is the Nusach of Kaddish, in source number 19. The Nusach of Kaddish carries with it ten expressions of shevach, of praise. It begins with Yitkadal Vitkadash. The Vilna Goyen was of the opinion these words are not tra- translatable in Aramaic and therefore it should be Yitkadel Vitkadesh. In, in Lithuanian tradition, whether it's the Vilna Goyen up until the Mishnabrura, that's why you hear this sometimes, Yitkadel Vitkadesh. The original Kaddish was pure Aramaic, it was Yitkadal Vitkadash. But you have ten expressions of Shabbach of praise, Yitkadel Vikadesh, and then Yitparech, Yishtabach, Yitpaer, Yitrumem, Yitnasei, Yitadar, Yitalev, Yitalal, and now in Hebrew, Shmo Shalakadosh Baruch Hu. In case you never knew what that meant before. Shmo Shalakadosh Baruch Hu. God is ten expressions. That's it? Ten expressions? No. He's Le'elam in Kol Berchata, Vishirata, Tush Berchata, Venechamata, Damiram Deyama. He's way beyond any expression of praise and Shabbach to ever be able to say about a Kadosh Baruch Hu. But it's the first two words that are very, very telling. Yitkadal v'yitkadash. Shmei Rabbah means Shmo HaGadol. The great name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be, it's in the future, will be great and sanctified. Where? In the world that he created. And he will be appreciated and accepted as king. When? Hopefully, in our days. 
B'chayenu. You know how they said it in Yemen in the 12th century? B'chayechonu v'yomechonu v'chayeh d'rabbeinu Moshe ben Maimon. That the Rambam should have a schut of seeing it. It even fitted in poetically nicely. B'chayechonu v'yomechonu v'chayeh d'rabbeinu Moshe ben Maimon. But we don't say that. V'chayeh d'chol beit Yisrael. And we say Ba'galav z'makariv, which means hot, 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 now, not, not another hundred years or a thousand years. Soon, like the Babich Rebbe would say, Bekor of Mamish. That's basically Ba'galav z'makariv. Bekor of Mamish. So where does Yitkadel Kadesh come from? So we look at source number 19, it's from Yechezko. Yechezko, Perak Lamed Zayin, Lamechet. V'itkadilti, v'itkadishti, v'nordati, la'enei goyim rabim, v'yadu ke'eni Adunai. Which means God's will become acknowledged, recognized universally. And this recognition expresses itself in two words, Gadol and Kadosh. Now, Gadol and Kadosh, the question is, God isn't small, so we're not going to make him bigger. So what is this all about? At least with the word Kadosh, we can work around a little bit. The Torah says, Kedoshim to you, Ki Kadosh Ani Hashem Lokechem. God is a source of Kedusha, and therefore um, allows human beings to nurture from that sanctity of himself. Kedoshim to you, ki kadosh, ani Hashem lukechem. And when that becomes universally appreciated, so the world will also have other people, not just Am Yisrael, recognizing kadosh b'chu as kadosh. That's Yid Kadesh. What does it mean, kadal? What does that mean? That God will be greater? He's not great now? Is that also universal recognition? So here, if we look at source number 20, and this has to do with the Nusach of the first bracha of Shmon Esri. Moshe Rabbeinu says, Ki Hashem lokechem hu alokeh alokim badunei adunim, akel hagadol agibov anora. Now this phrase just jumps out of the page because it's the beginning of Shmon Esri. Alokeh nukeh avateinu, alokeh avraham, alokeh yitzchak, alokeh yaakov, ha'el hagadol agibov anora. So, we know that this is what Moshe Rabbeinu says. He defines God, Hakel, as being Gadol, Gibov, and Nora. We have to explain what is Gadol, what is Gibov, what is Nora. And Yirmiyahu in Lamed Bet truncates this by saying, Oseh chesed lalafim, mishalem avon avot, elchek b'neihem achreihem, Hakel agadol agibor. What happened to Nora? We'll see in a second. And there's a pasuk in Daniel where he's also davening. And he leaves out Gibor. So the Gemara deals with this. If you look in source number um, 22 first, in 22, the Gemara tells us that one of the students stood before Rab Hanina. And he just exaggerated with his tefillah. He said, "Akel, agadol, agibov, anora, haadir, haazuz, yiro, vachazak, vamitz, vavadai, vanechbad." And Rav Chanil looked at him and said, Have, "Are you through? <laughs> are you through? That's it." So he says in the underline, "I loved Aminro Moshe Rabbeinu Boraita. If not for the fact that Akel, agadol, agibov, anora is in the Chumash, and then Anchek Nesak Dolak came and established it in the tefillah." We would never have a right to even say this in the first place. Which means the Gemara is telling us that Moshe Rabbeinu was the trigger of the Nusach of the Tefillah for Shmon Esrei. You look in source 23, what happens here is 
the Gemara tells us that the Anche Knesset HaGdola were referred to as Gdola because they restored Astara Yashna, the, the glory, to the old glory. What is the old glory? Atta Moshe, third line of Source 23, comes Moshe Rabbeinu, and he says, Akel HaGdola Gibovanoa, comes Yirmiyahu and says, Nochrim Mikarkain Behechalo, they're Goyim that are dancing in his home in Beit Mikdash. Ayein Norotav. The Nora factor is absent. How can I say this? Lo Amar Nora. Ata Daniel and said, Nochrim Ishtabdim Bibanav. The Goyim have put our children, your children, God, the Am Yisrael, into a servitude. Ayein Gvurotav. Where's the strength? Lo Amar Gibor. This is fascinating what you have here. Both Yermiao and Daniel making deletions based on the contemporary situation and saying that, that I can't be honest with myself by referring to Kadosh Baruch Hu here as Gibor or there as Norah. So let's leave it out. Many years ago, my wife bought me for a birthday present a, a, a disc of Chazanut uh, of Moshe Kosovitsky because I happen to like Chazanut. At least somebody in the family likes Chazanut. And it's a beautiful uh, uh, tape, uh, uh, disc, that had recordings from 1937. 1937. Some people here on my Poland trip know that I play it in Warsaw, standing on Telematsky Street, where the shul stood before it was blown up by the Nazis in 43, May 43. And Moshe Kosovitsky, in 1937, during Slichus, said this piece after Ashamnum Bagadnu, the Vidui, Ashamnum Mikol Am, Boshnum Mikol Dor. It's a, it's a whole piece of Chazanut. So it says on the disc. That after the war, after the Shoah, Moshe never recorded this piece. He never sang it at a concert. And when he davened Slichus, and I was there in 1962, 63, 64, when I was a little kid, and we went to hear Moshe in Bethel, never noticed that he skipped it. He didn't say, Ashamnu Mikol Am. He could not bring himself to say after the Shoah, we are more guilty than any other nation after what we went through in the Shoah. So some are going to say, well, who's Moshe Kosovitsky to put Sagraim and apprentices around? I thought it was remarkable. I thought it was remarkable. And without getting to... I, I, th- I think this is something that is very, very telling because you see what Daniel and what Yirmiyahu did. They just couldn't say it. They couldn't bring themselves to say it. They wanted Davin with HaKadosh Baruch but they just had to be honest. And the Anshek Nesak bring it back. So the Rav explained to us once that... The first three brachot of Shmon the first one is Gadol, it's Chesed, and this is the Avraham factor. The second bracha is Gibor, Gvura, is the Yitzchak factor. And the third is Yaakov, the Nora, Manora, Makomazer. It's a long speech, we don't have a minute, I'm just saying it as they say on a Ketzema's leg, on a silver, mamash silver platter, nothing more than that. And we end Shmon in the reverse way. Ritzei is back to Beit HaMikdash, that represents the fact that a human being is really nothing to him when he stands before God. And that's Nora. And then moves to the grace of God, showing appreciation in Moedim, which is Yitzchak. But it ends with Avram Avinu, back to the era of total shalom, of total chesed. And do you remember in first grade we learned Rashi in Lech Lecha? Rashi says each phrase refers to another stage of 
connecting to Kadosh Baruch This is what we mean when we say Elokei Avraham, and this is Elokei Yitzchak, and this is Elokei Yaakov. So we mentioned all three of the Avot, each represents a different type of connecting to Kadosh Baruch But then Rashi says, Yachol Chotnim Bekulam, maybe we'd end the Bracha, Baruch Hashem, again, Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov. No. We only end with Avraham. Becha Chotmim, we end just with Abraham Avinu. And I have a hunch, this is telling us by illusion, the end of Shmon is the Birkat Shalom. It's the Oseh Shalom Bim Romav. It's the Emet V'Shalom Ehavu. At the end of days, it's going to be back to Abraham Avinu. Yitzchak was different, he was necessary. Yaakov was a fusion of Yitzchak and Abraham. But in the Acharita Yamim, we're not going to, we no longer will need the Yitzchak and Yaakov personalities. It's going to be Yachol Chotmim Bekulam? No. Talmud Lomar, Becha Venevruchu Becha, Komish Bechot Adama. Becha Chotmim. The end will be with you. It will be Sim Shalom. And it's interesting that in all of the uh, different Nuschaot of Tfila, and I actually researched this, in all the 19 brachot of Shmon Esrei and all the various Shmon Esrei's of Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh, Yom Tov, Rosh Hashanim, Kippah. Every single bracha carries with it variant readings between the Eidot. You have Ashkenaz and Sfarad and Sfaradi and Temani and Chabad and Zuhari and this and that. Every, every bracha has, that's a shir in itself. There are two brachot only that there's uniform Nusach. It's the first bracha, Magen Avraham. And the bracha of Hashiveinu Avinu Toratecha, Vikoveinu Makeinu Lavodatecha, Vachzirenu Bichuva Shleima Lefanecha, Baruchat Hashem Arotze Bichuva. No dissenting Nusach on these two. Why? Because if you want to know who is a Jew, it's a person who is committed to the first bracha of Avotenu, who stood with Avram Avinu at the Brit Ben Abtarim when it all started, of. Um, and we promised the land of Eretz Canaan. It's going to be the land of the, of, of the various uh, rivers, and so on. And it's going to end with the great moment of Tshuva. Those are the markers of everything that Klai Yisrael stands for. Everything in between sustains differences of opinion, different nuances, different ways of meeting up with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But if you start with, a, with, the, with the basic Magen Avraham and you end with HaRotzeh you're part of this whole saga called Klal Yisrael Ledorot. And Emir Tzashem, Am Yisrael should grant us that this Tisha B'Av should really be the final Tisha B'Av of Tzom. And it should be a Tzom HaRavi, Tzom HaChamishi, Tzom HaShvi, Tzom HaSiri. Yeh Lebet Yehuda, L'Sosonu Semcha, U'Lemodem Tovim.